0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's podcast of Let's Talk Therapy. I'm still getting used to putting music in, um, so it still kind of throws me off, but I still love that I have music. I have to say that. I think I'll say that probably, I don't know, the next several podcasts till I really get used to it. Um, But happy Monday. Um, Great weekend. uh, You all probably know that I live in Arkansas by now, and the Razorbacks finally won a football game. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, defense, because their defense won that game, in my opinion. Okay. Um, a few things. So um, I was talking with TJ, who, you know, Blue Stream Media, he is my podcast guy, my podcast guru, and he told me at the end of last week that we have about just under 300 listeners, which is fantastic, and he also showed me where um, where in the country, well, actually, where in the world um, – people are listening to the podcast. So I just wanted to give a shout out that we have people in Ohio, we have people in Europe, and big shout out to whoever is in Oceania who is listening. Um, That is really wonderful. Um, And I'm super surprised and couldn't be more thrilled. So um, hey, like and share and spread the word because that's the whole reason that I'm doing this is to educate, and outreach about mental health issues. So thank you all again. Um, Okay, what else is going on? Um, Let's do a quick shout out and well wishes and hopeful and hope for a speedy recovery for our president and his family um, who have come down with COVID-19. We we, uh, sincerely hope for a a fast recovery and hope he feels better um that was huge breaking news I think that came out on Friday so um okay that being said I was thinking about um October and October I love October it's my favorite month of the year um love fall love Halloween love getting ready for the holidays um the colors the cooler weather it's wonderful Um, I don't even love pumpkin spice lattes, but I do love pumpkins, so um, it's still one of my favorite times of year, and one of the traditions that my husband and I do is we always watch um, scary movies every well we pro- we try probably every weekend we watch a couple of them, and there's a few staples on there that that we watch um, and some of them are funny and some of them are scary and they but they all kind of go along with like spookiness um, so that's a tradition and so while I was thinking about that, um I know at the end of the last podcast, I said I wanted to do um I wanted to kind of do a review of a a movie again um and I said it was let um let's do One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And that's what we're going to do today. Um but I also thought wouldn't it be fun to do kind of a series on uh movies like like Halloween type movies, uh, spooky movies, things like that and see how they relate to to mental health. I think that would will be kind of fun to do in October. So that's my plan. Um, who knows if I'll stick to it. Hopefully I do, because I just think that would be really fun. All right. So that being said, let's move on to, let's talk about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. If you haven't seen this movie, um, well, first and foremost, spoiler alerts. Um, but if you haven't, I would say um, definitely give it, give it a, a watch. Um, let's see. It's not... For kids, it is R rated. Um, I would say it's R rated mostly for language. Definitely language. There, there's definitely some cursing in there, and um, I'm trying to think. Some violence, but it's not. I mean, let's see. This movie was made back in uh, 1975, I think. So I wasn't even alive yet when this was made, um, and I'm actually not quite sure what the actual setting of the story is. The, I think it's in the 60s, actually, just because I picked up on them um, the mentioning uh, something on in TV about the 1960s, maybe two or three World Series that they wanted to watch on TV. Um, so that gives you a little bit uh, of time frame. I didn't have the opportunity. I meant to go look up when it was set, but I didn't have the opportunity, so I apologize for that one. I just know the movie was filmed in 1975. Okay, Jack Nicholson is your main character, and there's all kinds of of actual um, other actors in there that I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was in here, or I forgot. So, like, Danny DeVito's in there, and Christopher Lloyd, Um Let's see, I'm trying to think. And then there's another, you know how there's a person like, oh, that guy who's been in all kinds of movies. So there's another that guy. um, I know he was in Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Um, I I know all kinds of useless, like, movie trivia knowledge. Like, oh, that's a that guy. I know he's been in this guy. Yeah, that's just me, um, because I really like movies. But, okay, so the setting is... Let's see if I could give you a brief synopsis of what happens in this movie. So, Jack Nicholson is sent to um, a mental health institution. Um, it would be considered inpatient hospitalization, um, a psychiatric unit. Um, he's sent there from being in prison. Um, he was, they say he was put in prison for statutory rape. Um, And then while he was in prison, he continually got in fights um, with other inmates, with um, other authority figures, and so they wanted to send him to the psychiatric um, unit to be evaluated because they thought that he was faking um, having a psychological problem or psychiatric illness. And so that's the whole premise of why he's sent to the to this unit. And then um he kind of comes in here, and he definitely seems to be seems to be higher functioning than most of the other people um on the unit or the main characters on the unit. Um, and. Let's see. I I want to back up for a second and say I watched this movie probably like over 20 years ago is maybe the last time I actually saw it and watched it. I watched it in one of my psychology classes and I really don't remember which one. Um, It might have been abnormal um, because I know we watched a lot of things in in my abnormal class. Um, But I really don't remember. doesn't really matter. Just that it's been a long time since I saw this movie. Um, And I remember, you know... Well, thinking about it then, of course, now I have all those years' experience to kind of sit on and be like, oh, watching it from a different perspective. And so, um, what I really kind of found out is, back in the day, so there's a character, her name is Nurse Ratchet. What a wonderful name. (laughs) I think they did that on purpose, too. I really do. Um, But I remember hating her. Like, I hated her when I first saw this movie. I was like, that lady, that character... Just, oh my gosh! she should not be a nurse and should not be on that floor and it, oh my gosh, horrible, horrible person um and then I watched it again, um and this with you know twenty years' experience behind me, and I kinda I still don't like her still still kind of rubs me the wrong way, but definitely can can watch and and see where she's coming from in a lot of the situations now um and so. <laughs> That was that was kind of interesting. Um, so some of the things that that stood out to me is doing groups, um, the the interaction between the the, I guess the the clients, the patients in the hospital, um, the whole feeling of an institutionalized place like locked windows, um, bars over the windows, um, you know. Just the way this, just the setting, everybody's smoking inside. We all know that. Well, I hope you know, like, that does not happen. That certainly didn't happen even when I was a student. You can smoke in, indoors. Um, but cigarettes were still a very big part of treatment, like, that was used as reward, that was used as punishment, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that still, you saw that in the movie. Um, and so you have these people who are used to their routines um, and then Jack Nicholson's character comes in and really kind of throws a wrench in the gears is probably the best way I know how to say it. He just kind of gets in there and he is um, definitely challenging. And um, But the fun thing and, and, and what I think they're trying to show is he really brought some life to the floor and to the, the, to the lives of these other um, patients that were in there. And um, not that he did it in a good way because he didn't, I would probably guess, um, you know, from watching his character, that he's probably antisocial personality disorder. Um, And so basic criminal and no remorse and, you know, wants to be left of the party as, as long as it's kind of on his terms and, um, you know, would have no problem putting somebody down or um, instigating somebody else, that kind of thing, if it, it met his own, uh, you know, his, what he he wanted planned, like his own. Um, can't think of the right word. Mean no means to his end, whatever end it it is that he wants. Um, and so kind of, you know, there's some funny parts in it, and there are some really serious parts in it. And um, it basically, here's your spoiler for how it ends. It basically ends up with how um, he kind of had, he was going to try to escape. And um, he brought two of his girlfriends in. And um, what ends up happening is they kind of have like a Christmas party overnight um, with alcohol and um, that kind of stuff. Which, of course, we know is not that, you know... Would not be good to mix with their medications and, and things like that, but that's what happened in the movie. And um, the nurse comes in and basically is, is getting onto all of them and, and truly gets onto one of the younger um, patients because he had sexual relations with one of the girls that came to visit and um, really shamed him and that, and this is where you like I can't stand her um but really shamed him and then he ends up going and committing suicide like right after that um and so when after that happens then Jack Nichols Jack Nicholson's character um lashes out and tries to choke and kill the nurse um and so then they um basically because he became so violent and and really went after her um, they sent him to a different floor and basically they show, um, scars on his forehead, which is basically supposed to show that they gave him a lobotomy. And most people don't even know what that term is anymore. Um, because it's very rare that that would happen, um, pretty much in today's world. Um, but yeah, uh, back then they showed that they gave him a lobotomy, which is when they go in and, um do a surgery to the brain that is supposed to essentially make them make the client essentially like a zombie, very docile, very calm. And, but, but also pretty unresponsive. I mean, you know, think zombie like. Um, And so they show that that happened to him. And then his friend essentially knowing that he would never want to be stuck in this place basically smothers him so he is so then jack nicholson's character is quote air quotes free and then the his friend breaks out and just runs off into the night and he's free too so that's the synopsis of the movie um now again this movie was filmed in 1975 i mean do the math because i don't like to do the math um of how how long ago that is it's Definitely over 40 years um, because I was not alive yet. Um, And so the mental health world has significantly changed since then. Now, I will also say I have not actually been in or worked in an actual state hospital. Um, I I went and visited in one of my classes, um, and I worked in one – I didn't work in a state hospital. I worked in an inpatient unit um, where people would go for um, acute stays, which means they go for uh, anywhere from like three days to a couple of weeks or something like that. It's not long-term. So that's my experience with hospitalization, um, working in hospitalization. Um, But, yeah, definitely knowing that. I would think just overall in general with HIPAA laws and – you know, patient rights activists or activism um, that patients wouldn't be treated this way. Um, nurse Ratchet would never, in a million years, she says that what she's going to do is tell um, the other character who, who then committed suicide. His name was Billy. So she says to him, "You know that I'm good friends with your mother. What would she say?" And, and don't you feel shame? You know, ashamed of yourself? And I, I'm just cringe. I cringe and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Okay. So she, nowadays, she can never do that, never be able to do that, um, especially because just having sexual relations with somebody is not, um, well, uh, somebody of age and will and consent, of course, will take that. Um, um, we, will, we will assume that there is consent and all of that. Um, and so, in and of itself, that is not an imminent risk of self harm. So, um, she would not be able to tell his mom nowadays. Okay. So that's one thing that's different. Um, so what really, what make, what it makes me think about is how there's been that change, but then also how people continue to, um, hold on to that stigma that this is what inpatient stay looks like i've had many clients over the years be afraid to go to an acute stay because they think that it's going to be like one flew over the cuckoo's nest where there there are people who are you know in the corner drooling and unresponsive or um oh in the movie there was an old gentleman who was just dancing around the um the floor and i mean not really bothering anybody but just kept dancing the whole time. And so people get the misconception that that's what a true mental health stay is like. And so then they are um, either leery or apprehensive or really downright scared to um, get the help that they might actually need if they become suicidal. Um, So I know we've talked recently about, you know, what you can do to help somebody who's been suicidal but if you are somebody who is having suicidal thoughts um and maybe has even gone so far as to make a plan or um you know intent to try and hurt yourself obviously i can say please don't but don't let fear of what you think a mental health hospital is like um keep you from getting the help that you need today in today's world um you know, it's one, it's rare to be um, involuntarily committed. So what that means is the court gets involved um, and they basically say, you don't have a choice. You have to go into the hospital and you have to stay there for a certain amount of time. It's, it's very rare for that to happen. Um, usually when people go, uh, and they did actually say this in the movie, that most of the people who were there were there voluntarily and could leave at any time. Um, funny enough, Jack Nicholson's character was not, he was actually involuntarily committed there, but, um, almost all of the other main characters were there voluntarily. So again, that is something that is consistent with, um, real life. And so, um, yeah, most people voluntarily, if you're there voluntarily, usually stay anywhere from three to uh, three days to a week. Um, but that all depends on your treatment team and the doctors, and and how you're doing. Sometimes people need to go in for a med adjustment. I remember when I was working, um, I was doing an internship, um, and it was an inpatient acute unit. And um, we had a client come in who she was like obviously hearing voices and having some kind of hallucination or psychotic symptoms. You could you could just see it in her behaviors and stuff like that and so but all she needed was a medication adjustment but sometimes it takes you know making sure somebody is safe making sure somebody can be stable before they get released out of the out of the hospital and I don't think she was there very long I think she was there maybe a couple of days to make sure that um, her meds got stable Um, again that's for the psychiatrist and her therapist and and stuff to and her to um, to decide on um but yeah it's just other ways that misconceptions misconceptions um can lead to um you know false beliefs about what what goes on in the mental health world and so i thought it it was a a great idea to kind of look at an old movie um and kind of see like, oh my gosh, that would not happen today, that would not happen today, and maybe share some of that with you, so that, um, you know, again, if it comes down to it, and you need to, um, you need that kind of help, don't be afraid to go in. I've had people that have gone to the hospital hospital for a few days, or a week, you know, whatever, and come out and say it was the best decision they ever made, Um, because it quite possibly could have saved their, saved their life, Um, and if that's, you know that's the kind of treatment that it takes then i'm i'm s- glad that that is out there that that's um you know a, a viable option for somebody um so something to think about obviously if you have any questions about it if you have a therapist ask your therapist um it's not like you can actually go and uh, well i shouldn't even say this i don't think you can actually go and tour a facility anymore because of HIPAA laws and stuff like that. I think when I actually went and visited the state hospital, I don't think HIPAA laws were in place yet. They may have been, um, but like I said, I think I was in college, and so you know, as a young college I not I didn't really pay attention to much of that. Um, and like I said, we just. I didn't really see any patients when we went to go take a tour of the state hospital, um, we just kind of viewed the rooms and and stuff like that. So um, like the common area rooms. Um, So in the movie, they did groups in a hospital, uh, in an inpatient acute hospital setting. Now you would do groups. Um, They did not really show a lot of individual therapy going on uh, in the movie. And in um, a hospitalization currently, You would usually see a therapist maybe once a week. Actually, I don't. I shouldn't say that. You would. It would be determined in the treatment plan how often you would see your therapist while you're in the hospital. Um, They didn't show any of the patients except um, Jack Nicholson's character seeing the psychiatrist. Um, He saw the psychiatrist more than once, um, but they didn't show the other um, the other people. Um, having any kind of interaction with the doctor Um, which in an acute setting you would see the psychiatrist Um, I'm trying to think what else any other differences Um, but just very interesting to see something that occurred again before I was even born in the setting before I was even born and then compare it to what's going on now in real life so, again, if you have any questions about that, if you have a therapist, ask your therapist. Um, you know, I would imagine you could call a state hospital and ask questions like that or an uh, inpatient unit um, and ask them questions about um, what it would be like. I know that when, it's, when you're trying to decide on if you should go, they have most of the hospitals, at least in Arkansas, have uh, mobile assessors that would come out and talk to talk to you talk to the client about what would be the best um, treatment modality do they really need to go into the hospital is this something that could be taken care of um, with continued outpatient or sometimes there um, I don't know if anybody has ever heard of this but there's um, oh just went out of my head intensive outpatient that's what it is um, where you go for a um, more than one hour a day, um, where you have you're doing programming throughout the day, and it's more, um, oh, more focused on um, helping you stay stable, helping keep you out of the hospital um, than just being able to see a therapist either once a week or once every other week. Um, this is where you would go every day. Um, and then there's also something called day treatment where um, a client would go and essentially think work hours or school hours. They would go to this program, and then they get to go home at night. So nowadays, you know, there's more um, options out there that you you can decide on with your therapist, with the doctors, um, that are designed to, again, help keep you out of the hospital. Um, I've always learned that it's all about least restrictive you know, you want to do the least restrictive treatment that fits whatever's going on with the client. Um, so if they can hand, if they can handle being in intensive outpatient where maybe they go to outpatient services every day and that keeps them out of the hospital, then that's much better than them having to go into the hospital. So, um, so with that being said, I hope um, I shared some information and helped debunk some myths about inpatient hospitalization. Um, I don't know what the next movie will be. I don't know if I'm going to go spooky. I also thought about, um, since I did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, another movie that might be really good to, to do or very maybe similar to do would be Girl Interrupted. And that's the one with Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie and Whoopi Goldberg, um, which I also thought was excellent. Um, so, but that one I definitely have seen, um, like, (laughs) definitely more recently than like 20 years ago. Um, so, but that would be an interesting one because one, it's a female unit and one flew over, one flew over the cuckoo's nest was all male unit. Um, but. I don't know. We'll have to see. That might be it. If I can't, if we don't come across um, a good spooky movie to watch this weekend, um, but I'm going to try and see what I could do to um, to to make it spooky for October. I just think, like I said, that would be fun. So I want to thank you all for joining me. I hope you all have a great week, and I will see you next time.